Greetings, my friends in the on-site and online audiences, and welcome back to the second in a series designed for the dedicated Jesus follower, the unsure saint struggling to find the peace and security promised in the scriptures, and the not quite yet a Christian. Some good spiritual nourishment in this and a few related messages, all convened in this series entitled Thrive. And with that, let's come together in prayer and seek God's guidance for this precious time of learning and growing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for the gift of your word. Thank you for the precious, timeless truths that we find there. And thank you for all the great promises that you've bestowed on us. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation and uh, the uh, knowledge of, of assurance, Lord, that you provide along with that. Father, teach us these great truths, and may they be more than just more knowledge, but may they actually be lived out in practical form in each of our lives. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, for we pray today in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, in the opening message of Thrive, we were reminded that God doesn't just want us to survive, but to thrive. And if you intend to thrive, you will need something in your life very, very important. And that wonderful something is none other than the assurance of your salvation. So as a result... We looked into the secrets of thriving, and thrive secret number one we found is the battle. Yes, it's that battle with Satan and the battle with self. And then thrive secret number two was the bases. And here we concluded that the bases for knowing you are saved is the infallible and eternal Word of God. When it comes to the basis of our salvation, we learned also that we have the following witnesses. First, the witness of the Word. How can we know and how can we be sure that we're saved? Because we have it in writing. And if you don't believe me, then listen to these great verses from Scripture. John 5, 24, Jesus speaking, Verily and verily I tell you, where whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has, has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. And in John 6, 47, we read, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. And then, of course, the great verses of Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Paul says, for I am convinced, that's a strong word, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then my favorite of all, 
is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't think it could be clearer. So first we have the witness of the Word. And secondly, we have the witness of the Spirit of God. In Romans chapter 8, again in verse 16, we read, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, we are, we are the children of God. And for many, this might be where feelings come into play. Now, you can't always go strictly by feelings, but you also can't just throw them away because feelings and emotions are real. And feelings uh, may be the shallowest part of our being, and I, I believe that God never does his deepest work in the shallowest parts, but there will be at times feelings which will well up from within and they're brought to you by the generous work of the Holy Spirit of God. Look, I, I can't explain it. I can't describe it even for you because for every person it's going to be different. But when we are truly born again of the Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit will witness to our salvation. And then the third witness is the witness of a redeemed conscience. Here is how it works. Before the experience of conversion, as we call it, you and I had no problem sinning. But the moment we were converted, and ever after that, when we sin, we know it, we sense it, and we feel it. Why? Because you and I have been born again into a new family, into God's forever family. You see, my friend, you can positively know that you are saved. How? You have the Word of God, you have the Spirit of God, and you have a redeemed conscience. That's a very powerful package. But listen to this. There is even more. Take a moment. Let's think about all that our beloved Jesus went through. And then think about all the great scripture passages which instruct us to rejoice. I contend that we couldn't really rejoice if we thought at any moment this thought, oh, you know what? I may not make it to heaven Oh, I did this, or I did that, or I thought this, or that, <clears throat> or I said something. And you know what? I, I may not make it to heaven. Think of the Bible promises of peace. We couldn't have peace for one second if we were not fully assured that we were on our way to heaven. Which brings me to the third aspect of the secret, and it surely is the blessings of assurance. Because when you know that you know that you know, you have the blessings of joy and peace and confidence. Lately, I've been doing some outside reading and 
I have been quite taken by reading some of the great engineering and construction wonders and how these things were put together. Things like the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, the the St. Louis Arch, and some of the mightiest of the world's skyscrapers. I discovered that in today's world, the number one concern of the major builders is workplace safety. One article said, indeed, workplace safety should be the top priority for any business owner. When employees are safe, they are more productive and more successful. Rich Blosser, the marketing director at Craftsman, explained the benefits of safety and security by saying, quote, workplace safety is extremely important. It is our number one priority. People who feel safe are more productive employees. Hey, hey, even in the secular world, the assurance of safety is paramount. And it's something that people are looking for many of them in all the wrong places, but they're looking for in this troubled world today. I've often wondered why it seems so easy to be saved, and yet it's so difficult for people to know that they're saved. So I wonder, making this personal, are you, my friend, living by feelings? Are you living by fortune? Are you living by fortitude, or are you living by faith? You see, as J.D. Greer said, faith is not the absence of doubt. It is continuing to follow Jesus in the midst of doubt. Allow me to share another gem. One of the greatest blessings of having assurance is the fact that now, you can tell somebody else about Jesus. Yes, 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 with all confidence. Look, our world doesn't need doubting Christians, and we don't need pouting Christians or Christians who look like question marks with their heads drooped over. Instead, the world needs to meet some exclamation point Christians. And to quote Robert Murray McShane, for every look at yourself, Take 10 looks at Christ. Oh, I love that. That, my friend, will solve a multitude of problems. Well, Frances Jane Crosby was born into a family of strong Puritan ancestry in New York on March 24, 1820. As a baby... She had a serious eye infection, which some untrained quack doctor treated by placing hot mustard poultices on her red inflamed eyelids. As the infection cleared, scars formed on the surface of the eyes, and the baby girl became blind for life. A few months later, her father died. Mercy Crosby, her mom, widowed at 21, hired herself out as a maid, 
while the child's grandmother took care of little Fanny. She was educated at the New York Institute for the Blind, where she later taught for over 23 years. One evening, Fanny's dear friend and composer of sorts, Phoebe Palmer Knapp, K-N-A-P-P, by the way, she was the wife of the founder of Metropolitan Life Assurance Company. Phoebe came to visit Fanny and her husband, Alexander. And during her visit, <clears throat> Phoebe went to the piano and played a tune. And as she played, she asked Fanny what it sounded like. After just a few moments on her knees in prayer, Fanny rose and responded, it sounds like, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Phoebe and Fanny continued to sing that little melody and write those beautiful lyrics together. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit and washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Notice these words for a blind woman. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness and lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Fanny Crosby lived to be 94 years old, and she was blind all but those first six weeks. She often said, I have a jewel, content. When only nine years of age, she wrote this little poem. Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot. And I won't. Nine years old. She went on to write more than 8,000 Christian hymns and gospel songs. The number really isn't known because she wrote under over about 200 pseudonyms. So we don't know if it was 8,000 or 10,000 or even many, many more. But she had, my friend, this blessed assurance, the assurance that she knew would take her to heaven. 
And for that reason, this would be her story, this would be her song, and her activity would be praising her Savior all day long. So dear friend, wherever you are today, you you really need to embrace the power of assurance. I repeat, we can only grow in our relationship with God when we are 100% sure of our salvation. You see, assurance of salvation is a powerful, powerful catalyst of spiritual growth in every believer in Jesus. This story, I thought, a little bit lighthearted, but it really spoke volumes to me. It was the story of the businessman who was traveling through the countryside, and he was in an area he was not familiar with, and he got lost. So he stopped at a country store, and he asked a young boy for directions. Son, he said, I I I seem to be lost. Do you know how to get to the next town? The boy replied, nope. Well, the man said, do you know how far it is to the next town? Again, the boy replied, nope. Do you know the name of the next town? Again, the boy answered, nope. And the man said, do you know then, son, where this particular road in front of the store here, where it goes? And again, the boy said, nope. Finally, the man said, You don't seem to know much, do you? The boy replied, I know I ain't lost. That's it. That's it. That's what we need to tell the world. I ain't lost. And you don't have to be either. Oh, what a blessing. What and assurance. And finally, I've already presented to you the battle over assurance, the basis of assurance, and the blessings that come with assurance. Let me close then with this part of our series with the fourth and final thought, what I call the bestowal of assurance. You see, you can't have assurance of your salvation until you have salvation. So I ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, or if not sure, I invite you to come in faith to him this very day. And then you can absolutely know that you know that you know. It's truly the pivotal first step in learning to grow, to learn, to develop, and to thrive. Let's unite in the spirit of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your exciting word. Thank you for the blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. And every soul can say that when they've come to Jesus through faith. 
And Lord, today we ask for those that are close, those that are approaching uh, salvation, those who are, uh, have a more keen interest than they've ever had before, that there may be something here in this teaching that has brought them to that place where they surrender, where they give over the control of their lives to Jesus Christ. Oh, this we pray. And we ask, God, that those who are in Christ, those who are true Jesus followers, might be emboldened and might be strengthened and might be confident because of the assurance of their salvation. And that all of us, Lord, might move together to thrive for you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.